We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, December the 11th, 2019. On today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me once again to break down South Carolina's hiring of Mike Bobo, former Colorado State head coach and Georgia offensive co- coordinator. We'll talk about everything from his initial thoughts, the pros, the cons, how he develops quarterbacks, Will his system work at South Carolina? The overall thoughts on the hiring of Mike Bobo and much, much more. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast made to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Ag South Farm Credit, guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timber land, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for up to 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. They're a cooperative, so they share in their profits with their member borrowers. Guys, so for example, on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it. Guys, when you're making a big time life decision like this, I know myself, I want to buy some land, buy a house. You want the best people in your corner possible. You want to feel comfortable when you're making a big life decision like this, whether it's you're getting married, you're buying a car. Again, you're getting a mortgage, you're buying land. Whenever you're making a decision like this, you want the people in your corner that are going to make you feel as comfortable as possible. And they're going to make the process super simple, super easy, because we all know how complicated and confusing this type of stuff can be. Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine said he found a tract he wanted to buy for hunting and he wanted to know what Ag South Farm Credit's interest rates were like. Obviously, interest rates are very, very important, right? How much money are you going to pay in interest? So Ag South Farm Credit, they get that question a lot and it's hard to give a clear answer with so many variables. So their rates are competitive with other lenders, but the rates do change daily. How long you term it out, tied with your current financial situation also makes a huge difference. With just a quick conversation, they can get you a ballpark quote, but keep in mind it could change based on the day and further analysis of your financials. So guys, to get more information, to talk rates with them directly, give them a call 844-AG-SOUTH or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Again, that's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C.com slash T-S-U-S. Ag South and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 619-788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash TSUS, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's get into it. 
Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Joining me once again, maybe a little bit sooner than both of us start with the news of Mike Bobo getting the offensive coordinator position. Former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me once again. Alex played for USC football from 2005 to 2008. And again, he joins me just to break down everything. Mike Bobo officially being named Gamecocks offensive coordinator, the board of trustees approving his contract and everything, his salary. Today, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So, Alex, appreciate you taking the time, man. First off, how's everything going? Like I said, back a little bit sooner than I think both of us predicted, but I know I had to get your thoughts on just, uh, you know, South Carolina's decision, the direction they're going with the offense coordinator position. But how's everything going? I know we were just talking off air. We're both big golf guys. The President's Cup is upcoming, but weather's warming up. I feel like the Masters is just around the corner, man. <laughs> we should we should be so lucky. I'm, I'll, I'll definitely be uh, glued to the President's Cup this weekend. It's just a something to fill in the blanks of the sporting gap. And uh, as a rabid golfer myself, I always enjoy these types of tournaments. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. And just to see how the Australians react to Patrick Reed after his <laughs> incident in the Bahamas. So we'll keep a keep a close eye on that. Yeah, I was going to say when your when your team's not in a bowl game and your basketball team is struggling, I think golf is probably the next best option. So thankfully, there's like a there's a big golf tournament going on. We can just it can distract everyone from what's what's going on uh, with South Carolina athletics. But let's talk about it again, Mike Bobo. Um, it was rumored really for the last week or so that he was going to be the guy. Chad Morris and Mike Bobo were the two big names, but really picked up steam late in the week last week and then early this week, and then it comes out on Monday afternoon that the, the Board of Trustees uh, meeting for Tuesday, the number one thing on the agenda basically was to approve the contract or whatever of Mike Bobo. So it's official. He is going to be the Gamecocks offensive coordinator. Um, just give me, Alex, sort of your initial thoughts on it. I know you have some mixed feelings as far as, you know, did South Carolina settle? Is it a great hire? And I, I think a lot of people are kind of in your position in the sense where it's like, you don't feel like it's a great hire or a terrible hire. It's just kind of in the middle, and it's more so wait and see because we've gotten our hopes up before about an offensive coordinator being that guy, especially, you know, under the Will Muschamp era, going back to his days at Florida. I feel like you almost have to be kind of wait and see at this point. But overall, just what are your initial reactions to Mike Bobo getting this job? I mean, I think if we had – I think if you could have pooled a candidate list and gone through the names and you would have seen that one pop up at you, you would have been like, that's 100% who we're going to hire. It's just, it seems like a very kind of typical must champ hire, right? So it's another Georgia guy. It's another guy he's got a relationship with and it's, you know, somebody he's going to bring in to try to help write the ship. You know, I think, I think a lot of the animosity that we've seen on, you know, Gamecock Twitter and just the internet message boards in general is a lot of it, I think is just stemming from, it, what seemingly is inaction in the face of adversity. So, you know, you go through this, you know, nightmarish 2019 season, and it's like, okay, well, we've got this opportunity now to kind of change our fortunes and, you know, try to shift the direction of this program. And I think, you know, when you see somebody like a Chad Morris, you know, get canned out in Arkansas and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a brilliant, innovative offensive mind that we could try to go get. And that doesn't happen. And then, you know, your second leading candidate, or maybe even the first leading candidate, I don't know, you know, what happened with Chad Morris or kind of where all that stood. But, you know, the second leading candidate is a guy that, you know, my neighbor's a Georgia fan and, you know, talking to him about it, you know, they couldn't wait to see Mike Bobo get out of Athens. So, you know, it, it's just a, 
if we weren't in the situation we had been in in 2019, I don't think anybody would really have feelings one way or the other. Like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's a quality offensive coordinator. But I think, you know, what we were all looking for was somebody that was going to bring excitement to the fan base and say, hey, we're going to run this cool, unique offensive system that hopefully gives us an advantage to kind of bridge the talent gap that we have against, you know, the LSUs of the world or the Alabamas of the world or the Clemsons of the world. And, you know, that's not really what we got here. We got like a quality offensive play caller who, you know, I think most of us associate, you know, Mike Bobo's offense at Georgia with kind of that pro style set with, you know, the David Greens and Matt Stafford's of the world running, you know, fullbacks, tight ends, things like that. That's just not really a system that we're set up for. So I'm, I'm curious to see, how that plays out, um, you know, whether it's the, you know, the right hire or not, you know, I guess we'll find out a year from now, but I, I I'm not excited about it. If that's any way to right, right. kind of phrase my feelings on the situation, but that's just where we're at. And it, it's almost like an impossible situation too, just given the, you know, I did, it's given the standing that Will Muschamp's on, right now yeah, it's a one how, it's a one-year lease i mean we've, we've it, it that's how it feels yeah. if things don't go correctly it is a one-year lease truly and right I, yeah. that don't, you, you talked about your neighbor as a georgia fan i'm curious too i don't know if, you know the extent of the conversations you've had with him but was there any indication from him that you know or maybe that georgia fans wanted bobo back again now because I, i've seen that on social media and actually have heard from georgia fans because you're definitely right. They wanted him out the first time, but I know they've had their struggles on offense this year. And from what it sounded like, apparently Georgia was talking about their fans, at least amongst some of their fan base were wanting him back in Athens. I mean, is that, did he indicate that at all? Or is it completely like, do you think it's like split 50 50 with Georgia fans? Like they love him or hate him? Or I mean, what's the, what's the pulse like on the Georgia fan base in that regard? He did not. Um, I think really, you know, I think actually, you know, despite the success that they've had, I think Georgia's kind of in a similar spot to where we are, um, where they want, they don't want that kind of, you know, under center, we're going to run this pro style. They want something that's mm-hmm. more exciting that kind of matches the game. And I think, you know, truthfully from the conversations I've had with a lot of them, I know there's a, a lot of frustration watching, you know, Justin Fields light the world on fire mm-hmm. at Ohio state. And they're kind of stuck in this, offensive conundrum right now now i mean to be fair you know jim changed the tennessee now and you know he seemed to be doing some really good things with them last year so that may have more to do with it than anything else but no i mean the feeling i got was that they didn't or at least my neighbor did not want mike bobo back in athens Mm, i got you okay yeah i I just i saw on social media there were some people talking about that but i I do agree. I think I think Georgia's in an interesting place because you know the, I mean obviously as Gamecock fans we would we would kill for the type of success they're having. But when the expectations are so high like they are Georgia and you know you're taking on teams like Alabama and LSU who are putting up 50 points a game like, like you're saying. I mean just the offensive inconsistencies I know is is where you know wearing their patience thin in Athens. But let, let's continue to move on talk about Mike Bobo because I, I think the big thing and one of the bigger selling points a lot of people have been talking about, and you, you definitely have to give him credit here, is that his track record with quarterbacks. Obviously, Dan Werner was relieved of his duties because, you know, at that time it was rumored that the new offensive coordinator wanted to coach quarterbacks as well, and now it makes complete sense with Mike Bobo getting the job. Um, you look at Mike Bobo's track record. I mean, you talked about David Green, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Murray, and now he comes into a situation where, you know, Ryan Holinsky coming off a – 
a mixed bag, a solid freshman year, no doubt, a solid freshman year, but definitely a mixed bag of results, especially towards the end of the season. You have another guy in Luke Doty coming in who is a completely different style of quarterback. I mean, at this point, Dak Joyner hasn't transferred yet. Completely different style of quarterback, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting, like you were saying, what is the scheme going to be like for Mike Bobo? Because that's going to depend a lot of who plays. I mean, if you're running this spread-type deal, you would think a guy like Luke Doty might be a better fit for that versus if you're going pro-style. Obviously, Ryan Holinsky is your typical pro-style quarterback. But let's stick with Holinsky since he was the starter this year. He's going to be, you know, in all accounts, the starter coming in a spring ball, and it's going to be his job to lose. Um, how do you feel about, you know, as far as his track record with quarterbacks and what you think he can do with a guy like Ryan Holinsky? I mean, I, I certainly think it's a – not knowing enough about Dan Warner. I mean, I've heard that he's great. Uh, but, you know, having somebody like Mike Bobo back there who's played the position at a high level is going to be helpful to Ryan. I don't, I don't think there's any downside to that. Um, you know, for somebody like a Doty or a Dak Joyner who does not play the position like Mike Bobo did, I don't know – I don't think it hurts them in any way, but I don't know that it necessarily, I don't, I, I just don't know where his biases are going to fall on how he wants the system run or, you know, really getting back to the root of the problem. I mean, what Muschamp's going to let him do. Right. So I, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, somebody that has had, I mean, you know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you know, this is, it checks all the boxes I was talking about, right? So it's somebody that's had head coaching experience, somebody who's had success at the position who hopefully can come in there and kind of wield some power and say, hey, stay out of my meeting room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if Mike can do that and, you know, take full control of the offense and, you know, hold that, hold court in that sense, I think it could be successful. And, you know, he's had, a lot of experience himself as a player and both as a coach on how to coach these guys up and put them in the right positions. The only, I mean, I, I I'm just, I'm, I'm hopeful for the best. I just, I, it's just not, it's not a super sexy, exciting hire. Right. No, no, I, I definitely agree. I, I'm going to talk to you about that in just a second, as far as just the UGA ties and stuff like that. But I was going to say, don't you think that the scheme side of things to, like is the most important part of this puzzle? Because to me, like we talked about it all season, Ryan Holinsky's mechanics. Like, let's take for example, we were talking about the Georgia offense, and that they pretty much run like that pro style offense. That's their identity. Like that is Georgia Bulldogs football. Since you have been in Carolina, since I can't even remember watching football, that is how Georgia plays, and it's been very successful for them. But when you watch their quarterback, he's not throwing off his back foot. His mechanics aren't bad. Like because I think they know what they're trying to do. Like, when you're running the RPO, like we talked about all season, you know, you're asking a guy to do something he's maybe not best at or comfortable doing. Like, I could almost argue that depending on what the scheme is that Mike Bobo goes with is that's who probably should be a quarterback because I don't know that Ryan Holinsky is best suited to and is not going to flourish. I'm not sure he's going to flourish in another RPO-type system or a spread system versus a guy like a, a Doty or even a Joiner who is built for that. Whereas if you put Ryan Holinsky in a pro style, I mean, I think we could see a much different type of player when he's a guy that can be under center, take a drop, get his feet set, deliver the football. I mean, I just feel like you're going to get a lot better results. I mean, I guess my question to you, Alex, couldn't I argue that the scheme that he brings in, whatever they decide to do, is the biggest piece of this puzzle? Because it might have a major impact on who is under center to start the season. So I, I, my gut would tell me that the RPO scheme is probably not going to be the basis of this anymore. I think what is, I think ultimately we can be critical of Kirby 
for doing at Georgia. And I think what we could be critical, uh, I mean, it's tough for me to like make any kind of discernment on Holinsky's mechanics, given that, you know, he hurt his elbow against Alabama. Right. And, he was and, had, a hurt, and a had a hurt harsh, knee. Yeah, and a hurt yeah. knee. So, I mean, that's a discussion for a different time. But, you know, th- looking at that stuff, you know, it, I don't know how much that was affecting it on, you know, how much confidence he had to step into something or change an arm angle or do any of those types of things. So I don't think you'll see the RPO. What I'm, what I'm hoping for is that he's going to be able to adapt to whatever he wants to do to the player that's in there and not just run this is what we're going to do. And you can either do this or you can't. And I think that's, you know, kind of going back to the frustration, I think that Georgia fans are feeling is like, you know, you watch Justin Fields play this year at Ohio state, and you know, he's Heisman trophy finalist. And I think if you go back to last year, I mean, yeah, Jake Fromm's really good, but if you're watching these two guys in practice every single day, like how are you not giving fields more snaps? And I think it was mainly because he doesn't fit in that system. And so if you can't adapt to the system to go to the players that you have or have something diverse like that, that you can run in as Luke Doty, if you want to change it up or a Dak Joyner, if you want to change it up a little bit without, you know, changing the entire scheme and play call, I think that's what's most important Mm -hmm. in this age. So I think from an adaption standpoint, that's what we need to see. No doubt. So we've talked a lot about, you know, some of the positives and that's kind of where I've been going back and forth, you know, since last week, Alex is just kind of talk about the pros and the cons because, you know, there are positives to this hire, and I think there are certainly some negatives to this hire. I mean, any, you know, any OC coming in under Muschamp, it's going to be hard to find the perfect guy for me. And you touched on this earlier. You know, him being a Georgia guy, um, they, you know, him and Will Muschamp play together at Georgia. They're friends. If you, like you said, if you took a poll, I mean, this is, this, this is the hire. Like, if, we, if you gave us ten blind resumes, this, you would point this one out and say, okay, this is probably the one we're going to go with just from the track record. Um, it, it feels like, and again, I, I'm one that I've said many times, I'm not someone that's going to go on social media or go on my show and bash this hire. Like I think Mike Bobo obviously has a proven track record. He has developed quarterbacks. They had successful offenses at Georgia. You know, his head coaching career at Colorado State started off well, but didn't really work out. But hey, some guys are meant to be coordinators, not head coaches. Hint, hint. I won't go any farther than that. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, it just, it feels like such a typical Will Muschamp hire. And I think the thing that scares me the most is that he's kind of done this before and it hadn't really worked out. And I was talking to a buddy about this last night in the sense that, you know, we talked about all season because we assumed Brian McClendon was going to be gone. How are you going to find an OC that's going to want to take this job knowing it is basically a one-year lease? Like knowing that the head, the head coaches, the head coaches on the chopping block necessarily going into 2020. Well, probably the guy that's going to take the job is your friend that's willing to do you a favor and take a paycheck in the meantime. I mean, I, I don't want to say – I don't want to go as far to say, oh, South Carolina settled, but I think what bothers me about the OC search and about a lot of other searches we've done, did we even interview anyone else? I mean, was there any outside-of-the-box creative thinking to think maybe we should talk to somebody else? I mean, outside of the Georgia blueprint or footprint or maybe outside of the SEC footprint because this is sort of another a conversation for another podcast, but – the SEC for a long time fell into this weird trap of the good old boy system, the buddy-buddy system of, hey, if you were an assistant coach or Nick Saban, you get a job, period, point blank. You're going to get a job. We're going to just keep it all in-house. Everybody that has these SEC ties. And I think it, you, that's why you saw the SEC. I don't want to say go down necessarily because the SEC is still the best conference in the country. But 
you saw some teams struggle a little bit because I don't think the coaching was all that great because nobody's willing to think outside the box and go outside of this SEC footprint and find a guy. So Mike Bobo might turn out to be – he might turn out to be the best OC we've ever had, but I think that's one of the things that I'm just kind of wary of is that it's just such a typical hire. It's not outside the box. It doesn't seem – like, and I'm just like, do you did you even – talk to anyone else I mean how do you talk to one guy and know there's no other better options available out there that's a that's a great question and yeah it I mean we'll never know the answer to it because we weren't in on those conversations I would like to think they talked to more than one guy but I mean it doesn't seem like that from the outside looking in you know kind of to your first point about you know the SEC struggling just because of the, not struggling but just seemingly down because of you know, trying to always get like saving assistance. It's. It, I mean, no offense, Muschamp's a perfect example of that. I mean, I, he fell under he the Nick Saban coaching tree, and he gets the benefit. You know, a lot of these coaches. I don't want to single out Muschamp, but I mean, these guys get the benefit of the doubt because everyone's trying to replicate what Nick Saban's doing at Alabama. So it, yeah, that's, that's exactly, and you can't do it. You can't right. do it at every stop you go to, and you have to right. be able to go out and do it differently to succeed in a different spot that doesn't have the history, money, and pedigree that Alabama does. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of these people struggle. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you were saying, it's just, it's, it's just very, it's a very typical hire. I'm not, not saying that in the sense it's going to be a bad hire. Um, I know there was reasons you couldn't bring on Chad Morris with his son wanting to play quarterback, which whatever, it's a different discussion for a different show, but it, it like you, you know, I, I said this on the Monday show, and I'll say it again. My favorite joke was that people say that Will Muschamp doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't have the internet. He has a Rolodex of business cards, and he just kind of picks one and says, "That's who I'm going to hire." Like that's the ten people that I know, and I'm going to choose this <laughs> this guy specifically. So, um, kind of wrapping up here, Alex. Again, the hire has been made. Mike Bobo's gotten the position, and again, I, I think we're just both very much in wait and see mode. Like I, you, I say this, you could have done much, much worse. Again, I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more of an extensive search. I mean, I know this is a guy that's highly regarded in the coaching ranks and very well respected. And uh, I actually saw some comments from Luke Doty last night. He seems to be excited about it. I know that uh, apparently Will Muschamp has a in-home visit schedule with Luke Doty Tuesday afternoon, which it's assumed that Mike Bobo is going to join him, which I think is very smart to do. But, uh, I mean, if you – if you had to give your prediction, I guess, which I know this is a kind of a tough situation or tough conversation or a tough question, I'm going to put you on the spot. But I, basically, I was asked by a fan, you know, what are the offensive numbers that South Carolina has to hit for Will Muschamp to save to keep his job in 2020? And I basically responded, I don't think it really matters what the offensive numbers are if you don't win football games. But I mean, from your from everything yeah, you know about fun. Bobo, the situation, what South Carolina is coming back. I mean, do you see this? Being a successful hire, I mean, again, I don't think South Carolina can get much worse on offense in 2020, but, I mean, how do you see this hire playing out? Not necessarily in the sense of saving Muschamp's job because that's going to be about wins and losses, but, I mean, do you think it's a good hire overall in the sense that you think South Carolina will at least see some improvement in 2020 on offense? Hey, um, so, when I looked at it yesterday, I think – I think Bobo's career average is a shade over 400 yards a game mm-hmm. on offense. We hit 377 last year or this in 2019. Right. So I think it. I think it really like to look at it successfully. I think you just kind of have to set some metrics for it, right? It's like, do you like if we have the 50th ranked offense in the country, is that a successful season? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, those metrics are going to be because it's the thing is you were so bad this year. So it's like, what are those realistic metrics? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I will say this: Brian McClendon, his first full year as OC. I mean, look at what the Gamecocks did. I think they were like 40th in offense, and I mean, they averaged over 30 points per game. Do you hold him to that same standard? I mean, that, that's you know, and that's I, and that's and that's what I can't answer. It's like I don't know what they're going to choose to use as like a successful season. <laughs> like, did we? You know, we don't finish. You know, DFL on offensive <laughs> stats. Are we like top 50 in the country? Is that successful, or right. does it need to be? top 20 like what I, mean, do you, I, I don't know how you I, I that think realistic I really think realistically I mean you you've just got to find a way to score 30 points a game I, I mean you just you're not going to win football games if you can't do that I mean really you're I mean no, South I agree. The, year, the year they did score 30 points per game they only won they only went seven and five in the regular season went seven and six with the Bulls I mean even when you're scoring that much I mean it's not like you're going to go undefeated you know what I mean unless you have the 2012 South Carolina defense going out there. I mean, so right. which I know a lot of people, you know, believe the defense is improving and will be better next year and are excited about that, which not saying you shouldn't be, but um it's 2020 it's going to be 2020 college well, you need to score as many points as you can. So, I think you got to at least hit the 30 points, 30 points per game margin to you know, to and again, it's it's going to come down to wins and losses. The only way Will Muschamp's keeping his job is to win seven games or more, in my opinion. I think if he goes six and six or worse, ninety nine percent chance he's fired. So if you're going to hit, if you're going to have an eight and four season, you better score over thirty points a game. You probably need to be more like thirty five points per game. Which yeah, I don't know if that's a realistic. On that one. Yeah, I don't know if that's a realistic goal right now. I mean, I, I, that would be a that would literally be almost a two touchdown improvement from this year. So I don't know that's really a realistic goal but no I think hitting that 30 point per game mark um you know I, I think that's got to be the goal for for the 2020 season 100 percent agree uh, it's and that's and that's when you're asking me like what is success it's I, I don't even know how to define it just because we were, it was so abysmal for 2019, it's just like, you know, being the 50th ranked offense in the country would be a huge improvement, but I don't know that it changes the win total. No, I, I agree. I, I guess last question here really quickly. As you mentioned this earlier, do you think Mike Bobo is a guy that's going to be able to stand up? Because I think that's one other thing that sort of worries me is that, you know, we talked about the biggest thing was we need a guy in there that's going to kind of tell Will Muschamp, hey, get out of the offensive meeting room. I'm going to kind of do this my way. And what scares me about the whole buddy-buddy system thing is – not being willing to do that necessarily. I mean, because I mean, again, it, you can say what you want, but I just will simply not believe. I refuse to believe that Will Muschamp did not have his fingers all over the South Carolina offense in 2019. Because either he did, or Brian McClendon literally forgot how to coach in a year. I mean, just forgot yeah. how to coach football. So, I mean, does that worry you? Is that something that worries you about this hire that maybe M Mike Bobo may not be as willing to? kind of tell Will Muschamp, for lack of a better term, to screw off? I mean, I don't – I hope not. I sincerely hope not. I really don't know what he has to lose right. by telling him that. Was he going to fire him <laughs> in the middle of the season and get your right. seventh offensive coordinator? So, I mean, I, you know, hopefully, you know, he understands that this is his last chance. Right. And if Mike tells him to go take a hike, he goes and takes a hike. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think, uh, 
you know, uh, again, I, I'm most I, – I hope – I don't know if the press con- – I doubt the press conference will be today, but whenever South Carolina holds it, I, I'm really just curious to hear. I hope someone asks him about scheme. That, that's really what I want to know because I think that's, that's going to tell us a lot because I, I just don't know how much you're going to fire up the USC fan base if you do go to a pro style. I mean, I know you have Ryan Holinsky. I know you have Marshawn Lloyd coming in. You've got some – I mean, you, you've got some decent pieces to where you, you may be able to run it, but I think a lot of what I've seen from South Carolina fans, a lot of their biggest gripe is you can't run the same offense here you ran at Georgia because you don't have the players you had at Georgia. Like, I was watching – there was a Mike Bobo profile when he was at UGA, and everybody's like, look at the passion, look at his offense. I'm like, you, you guys realize who's in the back there, right? That's Todd Gurley. Like, we don't have Todd Gurley on our team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all due respect, right. like, that little toss sweep thing, he made two guys miss. Like, I don't know that we have that kind of player. So, me personally, I think the thing I'm most intrigued about is just what is the scheme going to be? Because, I, you know, I don't know that a pure pro style is going to work at South Carolina. So, we'll see. Well, but, I mean, to your point with Todd Gurley, his backups were Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. Right, too. right, So, right. it was if – if he had and to come a, and out, a monster just, And a monster offensive line. A monster offensive yeah. line. So. Three first-round draft picks you got standing back there at tailback. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Alex, appreciate you taking the time, man. Obviously, again, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything unfolds. Um, I, I'm not even going to say – you know, you'll probably be back on sooner than I thought because with South Carolina football, it seems like there's always some drama or always some news unfolding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess all we can really do is wait and see kind of how things go through spring ball and the, the spring game and just kind of wait into the season just to see kind of what this offense turns into. But uh, and I know we'll, we'll both be anxious. We'll definitely both be anxious in the meantime. But uh, appreciate you taking the time, man. We'll definitely do it again soon. Sounds good, buddy. All right, perfect. So for Alex McGrath, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show.